0: Alright guys, we're on the uh, seventh episode of MC Anime. I have a special guest with me today. You want to introduce yourself?
1: Hi guys, it's Ronel. Uh,
0: Ron, uh, Kimmy, or Kimmy for short. How are you guys doing today? <clears throat> yeah, Kimmy's chemist Kim is over here and trying to see what he knows about anime. Well, let's see. So. We have a special topic for today, purposes-wise, and that is the evolution of anime as a medium. So, anyone that's not familiar with the evolution as a medium, it's the history to become what anime is today and how why it was popularized to this degree, and overall aspect of the impact and the history to get here. What's your takes on it?
1: Um, I like the early parts of the anime, how the anime created, Mm -hmm. to be honest, it just kind of like really caught my interest.
0: And chemist is one of those types that if he doesn't know and it interests him, or I don't know, he's if something catches his interest, he's usually more intrigued on the topic.
1: <laughs>
0: so let's just get this out of the window. Um, anime as a medium mostly consisted of comic-based, panel-based strips. Now, these panels that were introduced is more than a hundred years old, so keep that in mind. They date back to, like, the 1800s, late 1800s, into the 19th 20th century. Um, Now, as a result, most of the anime we have didn't become, the early stages consisted mostly as a step into the door. They had to create themselves and find their niche to make these comics. Because comics, political cartoons, actually were like the first comics, like mainstream, and then you had like illustrations of paintings and stuff like that that told her story as well. But political comics during this time were heavily used and had an audience in newspapers and stuff. What do you have to say?
1: Uh, yeah, it looks like the evolution course over like a hundred year history. It's like a fascinating dive on how into mm-hmm. the culture and politics and art, you know. Uh, it's pretty cool.
0: And uh, the first anime we actually have was a short title called Nanakura Ganatea, or The Doll Sword. It was in 1917, it was a silent film, an experimental cutout animation technique. So, this was put together on film and reel, and to make something that as a short film on film and reel was really hard because film and reel took a long time to mass produce in large quantities and took a very time extensive in the matter. You remember film and reel right? The old movie projector and everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah I'm kind of familiar with it. Well, it's kind of like a staple of the symbols of movies, actually. The classic big wheels, and then you have the b- projector and the moving wheels. Pussy. And uh And before this, before the projector, we had like, uh, clip show things. You would click the a, attraction and it would show moving strips, and that's how you had, like, a film. That's like the first concept of like film-wise. Basically, like, you put the... It's like stop frame animation. You draw the bouncing ball on the sticky notes and flip the sticky notes and you see them slowly moving. That's how film was uh, done in the day. It's an interesting fact. Alright, so... What we have... With anime, what, what was the pioneer example in the anime, animation history, that sparked anime as a genre? As a genre? Yeah, what was like the first, the pioneer who did it first and then Japan followed later? Um, what was the main I- inspiration? The main narration? The main inspiration.
1: Oh, the main inspiration.
0: Yeah. It
1: was, like, from, like, Silent Short Films, right?
0: Yeah, well, it was also Disney. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, uh... Oh, it was, like, sports and, like,
0: mecha anime animation techniques? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... But a big thing... Anime weren't... The pioneer of animation that actually made it very mainstream was the early adaptations of anime was heavily influenced by Disney. Uh, Let me see. Disney premiering their animation stories into the limelight it gave the pre-existing uh, manga and comics in Japan a idea to branch off themselves to make it into the medium as well. So it's very uh pivotal during this time when it was influenced you know we have like uh, uh 2, New uh, 14 years, 1932, first anime film to use voices. Short films during the period which people didn't believe animation could be told to larger stories. So, this brings into question, can the medium be used to tell a story? What do you think?
1: Can, I, can you repeat your question?
0: Sorry. Can the medium in itself be a story and tell a story. This is how that came out.
1: Uh, I mean. Mm,
0: because given the I, con. Yeah. Huh? Given the context, it made it more. better, I guess. I mean, i probably
1: see it as like a short film, not like a. Yeah. Uh, fuck.
0: But usually most of them have been silent films before this, so using voices impacted it more, because it now can create what an actual audio movie had at the time as well. Yeah, that's true. Now, these restrictive views changed when Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs success in 1937. So, that success pushed animators on a global scale and gave the idea to seek the longer formats. So, like, what do you remember of, uh, let's see, of, I don't know, Snow White and Seven Doors? Is there anything that signifies when you saw that or saw references to it? Um I really couldn't think of anything mm-hmm. really? The seven uh, goals uh, protected okay. the the sleeping beauty. Well anyway, well that's how that was an impact in the global success. This also influenced Ozma Tinsa, which is considered the founding father of anime and reportedly created more than 700 manga throughout his career. He grew up watching Disney films. Heavily inspired his style, round childlike features and large eyes. The artistic trend became very synonymous with as it evolved. So, we had this very influential person and that person apparently drew the lines for inspiration With the mainstream animation at the time, what do you think? Um,
1: yeah, it it looked pretty interesting. As I told you, I liked you know the early nineteen thirty-two and the nineteen eighteen. You
0: know. Now we still feel the impact of uh, like a company like Disney today. What is one thing of Disney related that you strive is like really iconic of the brand? Yeah. Let me see. Anything comes to mind? Not uh, okay. quite. You have no, you have, there's nothing iconic. So, oh, that's definitely Disney. That you could just that come to your mind.
1: I mean, would you want to point it out?
0: I mean, well, the logo for one Mickey Mouse ears. Oh, Mickey Mouse? i oh, come on, it like Mickey Mouse. I know, but that's the iconic symbol that's associated with the brand.
1: What else do you see wrong with it?
0: I ask you if anything comes to mind when you hear the word Disney, and you don't have anything. Um, so do you want to yeah. rephrase? Come on, you you can't say you didn't watch any Disney-related stuff. <laughs> Come on! There has to be something.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I would not know.
0: Oh, you watched the Harry Potters? Percy Jackson? Um, Remember not the Percy Titans? Jackson, but I did watch a lot of Harry Potter when Remember I was younger. Remember the yeah. Titans? The what? Remember the Titans? Teen Titans or? No, remember the titans. Football film.
1: No, that doesn't cost my money. You mind.
0: know, you don't have none of that. Freaky Friday.
1: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Pfft, Rapunzel.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, you know crazy. what? How about this? You, you probably really love Frozen. You're like a Frozen type of guy. I'm frozen. Frozen. I hate frozen. <laughs> no, well, by consequence of not knowing anything and not giving anything, you're frozen. So back off. Ah, uh, cringe. <laughs> anyway, with uh, most of uh, Japan's earliest anime was actually in 1923. We had the great Kanto earthquake. Many early films were lost and the medium took a few pages back while the country rebuilt itself. Now, keep in mind 2017 National Film Centre at the National Museum of Art in Tokyo rediscovered and restored historical anime in conjunction with the 100 University anniversary. So, do you think in that earthquake we probably lost great properties that now we have access, but we didn't have access to for 100 years. What do you think?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think because of the earthquake, he kind of like slowed them down within mm. the anime and stuff. Uh.
0: And we don't know which which could have been successful in the medium for what was stored and what was made took some time to reinstall that 100 years later, so it's really hard to say if what was in there, because specifically when natural disaster strikes, you lose the cultural or the written records that are not necessarily safe from the water, from the disaster itself, you know?
1: Well, it reminded me of time, I remember this one time story where, um, One of the workers' Pokemon, they were at an airport, um, and they had a briefcase of, like, of, like, all the Pokemon that they were working on, and Mm -hmm. stuff, and designs, and sadly, someone had stolen the briefcase with the guy without noticing, and because of that, we never got to see what kind of Pokemon that could have, like, you know, that could have been made and stuff.
0: Because I know Vidon was, like, the first Pokemon ever made. Yeah, Rhydon. Right <laughs> <laughs> Rhydon was the first right on. one documented that it actually is made. And actually, Clefairy was originally supposed to be Ash's partner, not Pikachu. Yeah, that's true. So, it just goes to show you that history as a whole typically has like redesign or original idea or even. With, like, capitals. Capital moving, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Richmond. All that was considered as capital at one point. So, you just have to keep that in mind. I see. I see. I see. I see the ocean going blue. (laughs) Alright, so, after that earthquake, we have a shift to what is known for World War Two. In this period we have uh, the anime industry to propaganda advantage. So this begins in 1936 in response to Americans trade block against Japan. So what do you think about propaganda in anime? That is a bleak history that a lot of people are not aware of
1: um, I'm sorry, repeat your question.
0: What do you feel about propaganda in the uh 1940s for the anime industry, 1930s 1936 um, Oh yeah, 1932. Well, this is 1936 when the uh, American trade blockade against Japan.
1: When they had that um, that earthquake, right?
0: Well, this is ni- that was 1923. Was the earthquake? Oh
1: yeah, kind of. sorry, I got the name mixed up. Um, um, I think it's like close to the World War Two area or uh, era, yes. right? Um. Propaganda. Like then-
0: huh? This is the propaganda period.
1: Ah, well, like, mm, they had to, like, um, like, they are like, um, mm, but then, like, childlike features, and, like, um, weren't there, there ones where they had, like, large eyes, and Disney use like, sign-
0: oh, sign-
1: extra yeah. cuteness?
0: Well, let's see. Just, mm-hmm. like,
1: trying to become nearly synonymous with an anime that was crafted well, about. Well,
0: yeah, but, okay. well, also with propaganda. Uh, These are times in which they're trying to boost the morale of the nation as a whole so they have like a nationalized unification in the media that they were portraying at the time. And if anyone knows, uh, propaganda is the process in which advertisements for the war effort and driving people to believe a certain way to support the effort. So, Jap- Japanese view was catch the American Russian forces in clever animation that not so surly played the reigning symbol of America, of Mickey Mouse, and <laughs> in this they typulate their message of aggression and their vision in the conflict itself. Famous creator cast of characters like Morto Sea Eagles, Japanese Imperial Navy, Morto Sea Eagles appear in multiple propaganda projects, first ever First ever f- feature length anime which details successful attack on Allied forces by the Imperial Navy. So it is really supporting the Idea of the the imperial Japan before the democratic came to be. You know. Yeah. And that is a uh, well, it is as as a medium, it is more known now, but then it was cleverly disguised as animation and Western. Audiences perceive it as cartoon, so there's like a. This is where the anime medium is not necessarily geared to kids; it's geared to any age group. So that's what this comes across. You know. Uh huh. Well, you, what is your perception of this? I mean, you um, remember, you remember the Uncle Sam? You got him join, join the draft, all of that. So, Yeah. what's your perception of propaganda?
1: Um, it's just kind of sad, really, that, like, yeah, how, how the world can... To, yeah, it's just kind of sad how, like, it had to go that way, you know? I really don't, I don't know how else to really describe it or what to say about it, really.
0: Well, it's a period in which it's reflective in the history we have and it's important to acknowledge. for its impact it's still f- not as heavily feel today but felt in the decades afterwards mm. world shaking event basically um, and then we have this transition of like the you know after even afterwards people Japan's now using their aggression, how they're not favoring the American forces and still doing, like, the Mecca. This is where the Mecca-type genre was established. You know? So yeah. the Me- Mecca traces its backs to the propaganda campaign. So this brings on to the 1960s, where an uh, Astro Boy was first televised... 1963. What is your perception of Astro Boy?
1: Oh, man, Astro
0: Boy. I liked Astro Boy. I remember was like McDonald's Happy Meals. McDonald's Happy Meals? Yeah, he was a Happy Meal, yes. Uh, uh, Well, for anyone that doesn't know what Astro Boy is, he's a cyborg that was artificially created, and he's battling other types of robots and maybe kaiju-like characters. Uh, Astro Boy was very mainstream in Japan and then when it came to America in 1963 it aired on NBC Universal and sparked really anime as a whole. So it was like the first televised in America to be popular. Now, in the American version Astro Boy has a girlfriend. <laughs> In the original version, Astro Boy did not have a girl cyborg. So, even it was... The PL- what do you think of that? Chemist. Hello? Chemist? Chemist? Cameras. Hello? So, yeah. So, when we have... Um... Western audiences perceive anime. Sometimes there's... Vic,
1: you're starting to cut out.
0: I can't... Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Yeah, we have... It as. Yeah, we have anime as a medium establishing itself not only in Western audiences, but now it's anime being introduced as a whole to society. So, and as a result, we have Astro Boy. It's pretty incredible. It could have lost a lot longer, but the studio was poorly funded. The show's creators had to do whatever they did to minimize. Um, they're not drawing the drawings they needed in the lines, so a sense of movement and dialogue as opposed to actually having the characters move. So when Astro Boy had this going on, it created a a conflict where they were using the same uh... channel translations and trying not to change the character as much so as a result the character's movements were limited so the frames that they were using for like, the first episode could have been used for like the fifteenth episode so they were using the same frames as a way to save money because they didn't only really have money for the studio so it's kind of like they ran out of money, so in in a, in a shortcoming, they did something to provide a, a as a means to limit the uh, animation budget and the panels used for drawing it. So now, uh, ideas for anime have come from a variety of places, 1960s and 1970s. It was common to have it associated with different mediums. Usually anime is inspired by either the video game, manga, or comic version of it because those are the original aspects, sometimes they're called like games and then they're made later, but the original aspirations come from original source from Japan as a whole. Uh, Now this still occurs, modern anime is far more likely to use manga light novels or video games as a source material, anime studios come up with wholly unique ideas that sometimes turn into entire genres, for example mecha was like used as a way in propaganda to show warlike scenarios but over time the medium became stronger so mecha became its own showing as, as well young you know young boy boy youth all of that became a genre in itself because it's uniquely spin as an idea to create something more and that idea took off as a result of it um, okay so with the different introductions to, like, Astro Boy and success, it still took a long time for the medium to grow, because for this to grow, we have to go back to anime gaining overseas through reckless marketing tactics. Um, You know, we have marketing strategies like Azuma Tessima and Hayao Izumaki which uh, Tessima's work focuses heavily on character development and storyline. Loki work shows complex, beautiful settings that evaluate the genre in the eyes of the overseas market. Um, this work by these two creators really influenced how we perceive anime as a whole. And how we perceive it is... not only did we get the beautiful complex settings that add to the plot, we also get what is the plot, the storyline, the character development, because without the story and the characterization, the, it falls flat because it doesn't grow as a medium, it doesn't give out more content, doesn't make it feel like a book setting, which you know a manga is that paperback book, but it gives it more depth. This is where the depth of anime comes in, for it provides different settings It provides different settings for people to use and see anime as a whole. I like it because the depth has different storylines, you can connect to the characters, you read between the lines, you know. Even if you read right to left, it's still worth it because we usually read left to right. But this is just one of the few aspects of anime that makes it very diverse, very unique, and drives the notion that it's not just a animation frame that is for children. It's actually for any age of any kind. You can be in your seventies all the way up to you know your twenties. You can enjoy it at any age because it gives the world building experience a way to experiment and be engaging to the person. It's really universal in the fact that it provides opportunities that people don't usually have. So with that keep in mind that it you know, again, we're going back that when anime was using propaganda and it's dangerous itself is not just for kids because they had content in the propaganda that maybe audiences that had children in it didn't realize they was actually supporting a war effort so now we have that more examples like the m a rating and maybe more violence than just you know it's on par with some of the video games being very violent and or very serious topics discussed. So like that PG-13 and above level more, like, you know, more more that I think the youngest demographic that should watch most of it is teenagers. And then you get some like the starter anime that's more like, say, for kids in the PG section, but I don't think, no anime is more than PG there might be like, and Pokemon, like, Doraemon might be considered, like, why for everyone, but it still deal- it still has some translation issues in how they depict it in the United States, so you just have to be careful with that. Um... So, we go to back- now, we go to the 90's, actually. The advent of the internet in the 90's that took off anime took off, like Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, they became household names. Not only for their success, but them as a franchise. The, the 90s enemies like Akira, for example, comes to mind because, you know, even though it's a movie, it's still you know, the scene of the classic motorcycle going in the distance for the the person with the psychic powers going out of control, becoming a mutant-like monster. So, it's still a resonance of what great anime can be, you got Trigon, different Asp, you know, you have different shows that come to mind when you think of the 90's. That's when the medium has been pushed out and the success just kept growing in the international revenue that it generated outside of Japan. It hasn't gone away either, it's just now uh, a big issue that came from the early 90's was uh, anime piracy. Uh, Anime was the blockadeering of anime as a medium to be outsourced in unofficial description, disputing the anime. You distribute the anime outside of the license holders and therefore they can't make money on selling it because they lost potential views off of that. So usually whether they would do, because I know like translations for manga would get printed into like English outside of the Japanese translators and they wouldn't get paid for it because people just view that or they put it on scanlation websites they would like edit episodes and put it on DVDs and they like you have like different people advertising Translating the Japanese into English and then also having fan subs because fan subs was also a way that made the medium more less prone to a greater audience base. Even though you know it provided it would support the original product, it really took away from the sales in which the anime industry sh- struggled. Now it's somewhat fixed now, but it's still a problem because we have like sites like you know, Country World back in the day was not a legal anime streaming service. So we have to keep in mind they were literally operating on piracy. They would take a legal anime that they didn't have rights to stream, put it on their website, and then people, they had a huge fan base viewing such content, and it took away from the original creators. And taking money from the original creators undermines their effort to make the product in the first place for revenue, for sale, for money. Because most of these projects get made to distribute to an audience for the audience to pay. This is their livelihood at stake. So this is why it's such a serious problem when it is mentioned. It's not taken lightly now but like the music industry struggled so much in this as well. People illegally download music that they didn't have rights to this is all copyright too. If you don't have the copyright you cannot sell and redistribute the product in which is made under a specific license and trademark that you don't have access to. If you're not paying the original creator for the, the distributing of this product then you're in copyright infringement in that. You there Chemist? Yeah, I can hear you now. What's, what was going on? You having trouble?
1: Well,
0: I have trouble hearing you. I don't know why. Oh. Well, now we're at the early, um... I just got done talking about the 2000 when we were having, like, piracy, actually. Hmm, okay. So, a big, you know, Country World, right? The big website? Uh-huh. Well, originally, Country World was was a big pirated site for anime. That's how they got the huge fan base they have. They started as an illegal platform to stream anime. And over time, they actually became a legal platform to stream anime. So anime was being pirated. Illegal distributing of anime on the internet in the 90s led to the anime industry in the early 2000s to be very in danger because people not owning the money they were supposed to get from the product they, they were making. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you can't tell me, okay, so do you have a specific example of maybe you've looked at something on the internet that wasn't from the original website or streaming service? Um, not to my knowledge, no. You never listened, you tried to find a movie, and you didn't want to pay for it or whatever? You tried to watch it on some uh, some other platform that wasn't the original platform? I
1: mean, Netflix is an option,
0: yeah. <laughs> Netflix is an option. There was not a movie you trying to find that you couldn't actually watch without a paying platform, right? Uh, Finding Nemo? <laughs> Finding Nemo was a movie that <laughs> you didn't Wait, 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 wait. Finding Nemo was a movie that you could not find on a sh- streaming platform so therefore you watched it on another website? <laughs> you did, didn't you?
1: Funny
0: <laughs> oh, okay, well, you know, if we want to use Finding Nemo, then you'll go to a different, a different site than the original license holder that's distributing that in English and using going to outside means to view it, which they don't make money on usually because the people that gain that access to that product, it's a copyright infringement and could be sued in court, can be taken down by court subpoena. Alright, so we are going to sports anime, mecha anime, and other genres in the 1970s and 80s. So, what do you think of the sports, the early versions of sports anime? Um,
1: I really haven't gotten into that, really. Mm-hmm. I didn't really catch my interest.
0: Okay, so. So, this is where we have sports anime. First introduced with uh, the Captain Tubaza in 1983. We have a school soccer team and contains themes of teamwork and the bonds between players. Involves a training period, heart-pounding competition, diverse set of future sports and anime, including volleyball. Shows like Hayaku, you know Hayaku, right? Uh huh. Which is volleyball-based. So, you know, Captain Tsuba was very influential in creating sports anime. The, the hype to the long training sessions, to the hype of winning. Koto's No Basket is also another type as well. And sleep. Uh, Fightless Joe as well was like a boxing anime in the early 1960's. Was also a big sports as well. Have you ever watched the show Box? What mechalo box? No. Mm-hmm. Well, it's based off of uh, Fightless Joe, who basically used only himself and the people be using like robotic backpack simulators on their back to also fight too. He was using just bare fighting. He was out and doing them in the match. Uh. Basically, it's like a, the, uh, the he was the underdog like Rocky is. He'll outlast the opponent in the match. You know it Rocky, right? Rocky Bamboa Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, or Karate Kid in that aspect. They were like, they will fight as the underdog, and as the underdog, they will win by outlasting the opponent and geeking that taking the strategic advantage when the time is dragging on dragging on kind of scenario so i mean have you, do you have you watched Haikuku by any means i heard of it i never really watched it it's okay so it's a volleyball anime
1: yeah no, i know i i think Kieran drills uh,
0: basketball <laughs> Oh, yeah, Kyrie's basketball is really interesting because he's like, a, he's given like a, uh, when, when he's in the mode, he gets like that eye certification. He can just see everything clearly on the court. It's so weird. It's like he has a visual jutsu just for basketball. It reminds me of Naruto.
1: Yes.
0: Um, let's see. All right, so, and then we have other fandoms, which we had the Mazzer, mag Zingo z in 1972, the first anime, this is the first anime to use Mecha giant robots by human beings who actually inside the robot. So what do you think of Mecha, what do you think of? Like robots? Giant robots, right? Uh mm-hmm. huh. So like, have you have have you heard of the Gundam franchise? Uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Gundam. Gundam is very successful as a mecha. Well, what comes to mind when you hear me- uh, Gundam? What do you come? What do you what do you like remember?
1: Like robots and like
0: underground, um, something like that. Well, yeah, Gundam actually goes into more de- detail because it has like 13, I think it has like 13 spinoffs. It goes into like space galactic warfare, fight, rebellion, wars, it goes into more detail. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Remember this one? Neon yeah. Genesis. Well, yeah. Neon Genesis is a very like despokian type genre and the human race is in danger, and as a result, they have to, in the end, reveal there's be angels and all that stuff. Um, Code Geass, if you haven't heard of that one.
1: Oh, I heard of that one for sure.
0: Okay, what do you like about Code Geass?
1: Um, I really haven't watched most of it, but I seem like the, what the guy can do and stuff, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, he has a Geass uh-huh. called, uh, uh, I heard yeah. about it uh, divinity divine obedience so when you heard the word divine obedience what what do you think of like
1: divinity
0: uh, well divine obedience so like you have to obey me by my my every command his ability is to uh basically tell you what to do, give you command, and then you do that command for whatever time he specifies. You might, it's like mind control. What's that, uh, what's, what's that superhero or something, that super villain that controls your mind?
1: Uh... That's a hard one. There's not a lot of ones that can, like, control minds. Um... Oh this brings up the topic where, like, um, you know, where they have like One Punch Man with the yeah. uh, with the drink with the drink with, with the plant. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: that brings up One Punch Man, I guess. <laughs> yeah, One Punch Man has like made the anime industry. It's like a a mockery on hero genre, but he's, and they not really know what they're doing as much. It's really interesting. All right, so we're moving from Mecca anime to something more in the lines of gender-based marketing began to decrease in the 1990s. This means, when you hear gender-based marketing, what do you think of?
1: Business marketing, you said?
0: Gender-based marketing. They market to a specific gender instead of both genders. Uh, No, I wouldn't know. It's basically the, the like, you know how like Sailor Moon was geared to the female audience, while uh, something like Yuho Hakushu was male to aimed at a male audience. Uh. They have a specifically demographic in mind. To, you ever had a show that felt like it was only aimed to a male audience? Or you ever feel like that a a show felt like it was only for females? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kinda what this is the theme of. They used to heavily gear anime to this medium, to gender to one gender audiences, but over time we actually have both genders actually like liking, liking the medium, so they see common trends and over time change their marketing campaign. Like Pokemon, both uh, genders have a huge uh, demographic with it, you know? Yeah. Even uh, Magi Madoka Magica gained fans from both the genders. Even though it was a magical girl, it was mostly because of the dark deconstruction of the genre and the timeless fairy tale construct. So, did you know that <laughs> Madoka Magica also got a really strong male audience? You know what you know what Madoka Magica is, right? yeah <laughs> yeah it's literally magical or genre, but with guns it's it, I don't know it's really weird how they did that show, so we have now more content with mature audience it has a mature plot and a thought provoking content. One such category is neon Genesis. How do you think Neon Genesis was a more mature and thought-provoking anime? Um,
1: what was your question
0: again? Neon Genesis, how do you think it was like more mature and thought-provoking? Like dark themes expressed in the anime? Um...
1: I wouldn't know.
0: Okay, how about Death Note? Death
1: oh, yeah, Note i wasn't familiar with.
0: Okay, you know how it's a dark, it's like a mature audience, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because the, uh. What do you like about Death Note? Huh? What do you like about Death Note? Um. I
1: don't know, it's just the way how they made the story, like, mm-hmm. the characters, interests me.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, we also have L, Nagami, and. L, the person that was the investigator to find Kira, they'll struggle to outwit each other, but also the moral justification. Do how does someone have the right to decide who lives and who dies? Basically, execution do you have the right to be executioner? That's really key there. You know? Yes. <laughs> So, you know. Uh, we're going to briefly start on the modern aspects now, because now we're out of the 90s, out of the 2000s. We have the Murray style, we've to the cuteness of the character, so they were more like. you know, generate that feeling, but most are typically. This cuteness factor gets off guard and gets overhyped and doesn't really impact. You know what I mean, right? The cuteness of anime, mm-hmm. the moe style. He's like, it, it's not. It's like to the point where it's so overused that I feel like it's not needed anymore. You know what I mean? Big eyes. The, you know the innocence, the purity all of that is not needed as much but it's what it is yeah. change technology uh, this is very key for animation because typically uh, we don't really have much access to like 3d animation. It's mostly 2d animation. they take a lot of time and actually use the original manga as a panel to decipher the individual graphics and movement for the character. So what do you think, how do you think technology influences as new techniques come in, how do you think they influence the change in the culture and how fast we get anime?
1: Well, I feel like the technology we have today um, I feel like we they could do a lot more in mm-hmm. the anime community, to be honest, you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, this brings up what we have today. Stop f- motion animation, which is like stop frame, and like comic strips and put together like sticky notes on a bouncy ball, to digital animation, to... Like, it's all done on computer base now. Like, the the drawing is still traditionally on paper for most anime, but they take that drawing and put it into a 3D program. It was simple but groundbreaking, the visual medium. You know, even hand drawn animation is still used, but CGI is where this really takes a high dive, you know? Uh-huh. Like CGI, we don't have movies like Avatar. You know, like the the planet, the the tall people find the. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. As groundbreaking as Avatar was, the CGI technology that we had made it possible to make that movie. Because if not, because it had to take years to put it in production because of the technology that they didn't have to make it. Same thing with Star Wars. Some of the Star Wars couldn't have been made until we had the technology and advanced enough to make it. Yeah. So it really goes to show you that you know, even though the paper transition process to digital animation is still used, it's still CGI the computer-generated imagery pushing this as a technique to make the movement better, you know?
1: Yeah, I understand.
0: Then, you know what? Access to anime exploded when video streaming came a necessity. When Netflix said the streaming and then all these other competitors like Hulu, Amazon Prime, all came in the limelight. Video streaming took over. What do you think about video streaming as a new as a new medium?
1: Well as I said, the technology we have today it kind of like evolves really fast. Mm-hmm. So maybe I feel like yeah, I think like streaming and stuff could really impact the community as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. And before anime was on the internet. The only option that you had to watch your typical shows were like the anime block or Toonami or WB Kids or you have video cassettes and later DVDs. So think of spending a bunch of money on like physical media to watch the anime you wanted to watch. Think of how much money you had to spend. Because sometimes these discs... Uh, okay, how about this? You had 12 episodes and you're spending 50 bucks and then you're paying 20 bucks in shipping to bring it over here. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. And online, you can watch it to like country roll for like $10 a month if you want to do a premium plan. So it goes to show you that the physical media is more expensive than the digital media. And this also, uh, because anime is so hard to get, most people if they had access to anime in Japan region they would tape record it and put on a VCR tape and then gave it to people as piracy, so it it's really weird how that came about. So we mostly cover the topics relating to the evolution of anime as a whole. So, what did you? What are you taking from being part as a special guest and from basically the evolution of anime as a whole? sorry, repeat your question? What do you take from anime as a whole in this evolutionary, in this evolution uh, analytical process? Um,
1: analytical analytical process-wise, um, I mean, it seemed pretty decent, like, the way how they, like, had, they uh, formed the characters and, like, how they had it as, like, short films into, like, Drawings and these comics and all this, and like um unless I'm a little bit off topic
0: but mm-hmm. uh no you're not
1: no okay so but yeah i I really like today's topic you know? it was it really was it was really interesting i was I was really happy we can discuss it
0: you know? okay, so if you were to have an anime. And the only way you will watch it is on VHSR or DVD. Which anime will you watch?
1: Uh, DVD, I guess. Which
0: which DVD, which anime will you buy solely on DVD? Uh, That's kind of tough.
1: Probably
0: One Piece. One Uh, Piece? You spent all that money on One Piece? Why not? I like One Piece. (laughs) Let's see. How much money can you spend on the One Piece series? Uh let's Oh,
1: see. I don't know. It probably costs up to a hundred dollars to buy everything, I don't know. Uh, if you're a true one piece fan, you would get the whole collection. Uh-huh.
0: Let's see.
1: Wait, <sighs> you're actually gonna look it up, oh no. Woo
0: woo woo. Okay, so, here's an Amazon thing. This is Box 1, Episode 1 to 103. Uh... Let's see. So, so many sets can just go... One Piece Collection 12 DVD, $26. One Piece Box, $70 just for 100 episodes. Look at that. Seventy dollars just for one hundred episodes. Would you pay that much? <laughs>
1: How much?
0: Seventy dollars.
1: Oh, I said a hundred, but sure,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Sure. This is a hundred dollars this is like seventy dollars just for a hundred episodes. You got nine hundred episodes. So if you put like each hundred episodes is seventy dollars That's about... Um. $700. Would you spend $700 for One Piece? (laughs) Yes. This is the problem... In the 1990s and 1980s... and the early 2000s... Is that... The physical anime you wanted to watch... If you didn't watch it on TV... Then... You had to go to these uh, outsourcing of DVDs and tapes to buy physical releases. And they only release like certain episodes so you had to keep buying it. Or you just bought the manga. This is why it was so hard to view anime during this time. You see how the the digital online streaming made anime accessible? Chemist. you there? Mm-hmm. You see how the streaming industry, when it took off, it made anime much to a global audience? Hello? Mm-hmm. My question is, without streaming, do you think anime would be as popular as it is today without it?
1: I see, um, I really, I'm sorry, I wasn't really sure how to, like, answer that question.
0: Would you, would you buy DVDs to watch all the anime you want? Or would you want to have digital library on, like, online internet? Uh,
1: I guess there's slightly more internet, I guess. Um.
0: So you're the kind to like it on the internet, right? Yeah. So yeah, so without the internet, think of how much... Actually, you know, think of how much... You probably won't even be introduced to the much anime you have been introduced without it, basically. It's crazy to think that. Mm. It's crazy to think... You would not watch You wouldn't have even liked One Piece if you couldn't afford the media. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. If you couldn't, if you couldn't watch it on TV, how are you gonna watch it without internet? Internet is what this really made it big. So mm. this this concludes this episode of MC Anime as we took a look at the evolution of anime as a medium. So, the medium was transitioned to all the inspirations of Disney, propaganda, to Astro Boy, to the 90s, to the 80s, the sports, mecha, all of that. So, it really goes to show you that the evolution of a particular thing, of any industry, is very impacting, impactful. Any closing thoughts? No, not exactly. So you agree with me? Yes. I see. Then that gets to show you, uh, one closing note. If you were to be any anime character, what will you be?
1: I think we're in our
0: Zoro. <laughs> you're, envi- you're the environment of two sword, three sword style? Yeah, bro. Oh, boy. Well, well, hey, if we didn't have the internet, your three sword style would be even harder to access, so. This goes to show you you have a profile picture.
1: Very cringe, McDonald. <laughs>
0: well, that's all the episode we had for you guys. Remember, it's important to like to support and like the anime you watch. So watch it legally, and also try to you know support the the creator as much as you can because they don't they have a hard time making money on revenue. So support your favorite anime. Right. So, over and out. That concludes episode six of NC Anime.